Amr Zah. Amr is an Arab-American speaker, writer, professor, comedian, and specialist in issues impacting Arab and Muslim Americans. He recently completed production on his first documentary film entitled We're Not White. It's a comedic but informative approach to the Arab-American struggle to get a box on the United States Census form. He's also the author of the well-read blog, quote, The Civil Arab, as well as his first book, Being Palestinian Makes Me Smile, a collection of his writings related to being Palestinian. More than a pleasure to have the documentary uh, founder and uh, who has written the piece, We're Not White, Amir Zar. Amir, thank you for joining us. Good afternoon. Amr, sorry, I'm calling you Amir, A-M-I-R. Amr, Amr Zar. Amr, good afternoon. It's okay. It happens all the time. Thanks, Leslie. Good afternoon to you. Oh, no, no, I know better if you knew my husband's name. <laughs> um, we're not white. You know what? My um, my husband's family are Muslim from India, and okay. uh, they've been here like 60 years, but you wouldn't know it if you went to the house. And my son was born in Pakistan. We adopted him uh, from Pakistan. And it's interesting, yeah. but I often find uh, when, when I'm with my husband and he has to check a box, even when we got married uh, and when we have to check a box for my son, there isn't one sometimes, you know, except for non-Hispanic, uh, if, if that's even an option. But there isn't one for, you know, Arabs or from people that are from India or Pakistan. They are from Asia, but they're not Asia the way most of the world thinks of it, which is China, you know, Japan, Thailand, that kind of a thing. And I find it interesting, especially in 2016, we're not just the United States, but the world is extremely uh, more uh, integrated and, and multicultural. Um, some people might say, why does it matter so much, Amr, to you that, you know, the U.S. You know, census form, which sent you on this journey, as you write about, uh, could start out becoming an issue and a fight for a box? And why is that box so important? Well, it's about being counted, right? It's about feeling uh, that your place in this society is recognized. So, I mean, as long as the federal government is going to be in the business of giving out boxes like they do on the census form, then they should be doing it liberally so that the boxes reflect the kind of diverse identities we have in this country. And, you know, being unidentified would be one thing, but Arabs are actually legally uh, classified as white, which has a whole history behind it. So we're actually misidentified because we're definitely not white. I mean, we're not treated like like uh, being white in this country in any sort of functional way. It only takes watching the news for like five minutes to realize that, you know, we're not white. <laughs> and so um, being misidentified really creates weird problems for us. So I live in the city of Dearborn, which is like the Arab-American capital. Fox News always calls it Dearbornistan and that kind of stuff. And, um, oh yes, it's it's where you're it's where you impose by force Sharia law. Now I'm just joking entirely by saying. That. Yeah, it's where we have it's where we have Sharia law, but like ten ham shops and three strip clubs. So yeah, whatever. yeah. But in any case, um, uh, and it's the capital of Arab America. Out of a population of about a hundred thousand people, there's probably in the neighborhood of sixty to sixty-five thousand Arab Americans in this town. But according to the federal government, the population here is ninety percent white. So you end up with, like, really weird results that don't make any sense. And the biggest impact it has is on political representation, right? So um, numbers and data are everything. If each congressman in this country represents roughly 750,000 people, well, if we could go to a certain congressman who says stuff about Arabs and Muslims, which they say all the time, unfortunately, without any repercussion, 
if we were able to walk up to those people and say, well, hey, you know, Congressman, you just offended uh, 50,000 or 60,000 or 100,000 people in your district who are Arab American, they would change the way they act. They would respond to that. But without those numbers, we're just like blips on a screen. We're just seen as individuals and not as a block. And so we don't have the same tools in our toolbox that every other minority has. Uh, you know, uh, jokingly, when my husband and I got married, we wrote magenta for him because we just could let, you know, we just got frustrated. So I thought you'd think that was funny, even though I'm not a comic. I won't be quitting my day job anytime soon. Um, one of the things you talk about in your piece, We're Not White, is it's very important to the government to know, are you of Hispanic, Latino, or Spanish origin? And we're definitely seeing that more and more. We're seeing it in doc, not yeah. just on cons- uh, census forms, um, on pretty much you know, any form uh, that you fill out, even in doctor's offices. Why is that so important to the government? And why wouldn't the specificity of the breakdown of our multiculturalism be important to them as well? Well, for, you know, for most people outside of the government, it's just for it's just for data. And for and, and remember, so most organizations, whether they're medical organizations or universities or employers, they don't want to go through the hassle of uh, kind of making their own boxes. So they just pull them from the census form. And the census form boxes are created by the federal government, specifically by this branch called the Office of Management and Budget. And so they've created these these boxes. Now, they specifically have a, a box before they ask you to pick a race. They ask you whether or not you're of Hispanic, Latino, or Spanish origin. Now, you know, I joke in the past that maybe they do that because New Gingrich wrote the form, but if uh, the reason that they do that is because that's a major identity in this country, and it's racially, if you think of race, which is you're, it's incorrect to think of it like this, but if you think of race as color, it's very color diverse, the Hispanic, Latino, or Spanish identity. So they ask you that question in order to enable somebody on the census form to say, yes, I'm Hispanic, or no, I'm not Hispanic. But if you say, yes, I'm Hispanic, then you can answer the next question and say, I'm white or I'm black. So you can be, according to the federal government, Latino and black or Cuban and white or whatever it might be, because they know that those uh, identities overlap a lot. Now, of course, that's true with other identities as well, but they pulled out the Hispanic, Latino and Spanish identity because it's such a large number. And we found from the census in 2010 that Hispanic, you know, it's the second largest group in this country behind whites, somewhere in the neighborhood of 50 million Latinos in this country. Let's take some calls. In Cleveland, Ohio, line two, Joe is joining us, listening on TuneIn. Um, Joe, you kind of have an argument or you want to disagree with the premise being put forth by our guest. Is that correct? Uh, yeah, thanks for the call. I, I, I absolutely 1,000% disagree, and I think this is exactly what's wrong with this type of race identity politics. And Right, so look, I'm Danish, right? Um, where's the Danish box on the form? <laughs> Where's the Swiss box on the form? Where's the French box? But, 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 but Joe, with all, due, all, with all due respect, you're a white guy, right? Well, let's say, should we just have white and brown? What well, it would, it, would say, it would seem white and I'm not white. person of color. I'm co- Danish. Yeah, but you're not a person of color. That's, it's, it's based yes, on I have race. Color. So hey, Dan- I'm like my, my skin wait, 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 wait. Kind of help help me out here. Help me out here. When, <laughs> were Danes, when did Danes become a race? When did uh, Hispanic become a race? Okay, that's, well, a, that's a good point. It is an ethnicity. Um, uh, go, uh, go ahead, Armour. So 
race, uh, you know, is not a is not a real thing by color or genetics or ethnicity, right? Race is a social construct in this country that was basically built in the beginning of this country by the first, you know, white settlers and the and the white people who wrote the Constitution as a way to create supremacy. So race has always been classifications created, at least in an American context, created by white people. And so it's very convenient for a white person who has never been discriminated against communally. Sure, on an individual basis, somebody can have prejudice, but never been discriminated against systemically or historically and has a great amount of white privilege to kind of flippantly say, well, we don't need these boxes. You know, I don't see race. I'm not. Racism is not that important to me. And what I think people need to understand especially white America, is that for those of us who are non-white, race is not like an anecdotal thing that happens here and there, and you can pick it out. You can say, okay, that was racist or that was racist. Racism is kind of the default state of affairs for all the rest of us, and it's the world that we live in all the time. In that sense, having the protections uh, that boxes and those kinds of things can afford us are very important. White America on the whole has not historically needed those protections, mostly because they created the structures under which those of us who aren't white need those protections. So it might be convenient for someone who's white in America to say, well, you know, whiteness is not that important. And, and hey, if you watch the news, the, the identity of white criminals is never important. I mean, being white means that your race doesn't follow you, right? So you can't mess it up for other white people, even if you try. So Barack Obama being the black president means if he has a personal scandal, like something really bad, you know, like a baby mama or something like that, then no other black guy could ever be president ever again. I, as an Arab comedian, if I walk into a comedy club and I'm not funny, that audience might not see the next Arab comedian who walks through because I messed it up for them. But George W. Bush started a fake war, right? It was imaginary, and 6,000 Americans died. And nobody ever said when John McCain ran for president, well, hey, we should watch out for this white guy because the last white guy was really bad. So it just doesn't work like that for white America, and I think they don't grasp how it works for us. So it might be. You know, you know, it, you know it's interesting, and it's interesting. I mean, you know, whenever there's an attack, you know, a mass killing, people immediately think, "Oh, I bet it was a Muslim." And Muslim is equated when it's terrorist, and when there's terrorism, it's you know, Muslim. Uh, Timothy yeah. McVeigh wasn't a Muslim, and the majority of mass killings in the United States, even this past year, um, were uh, mostly white people. And uh, but yet we don't say, like you said, "Oh, John McCain and the rest of those white people—they're all terrorists." Which leads me to yeah. ask, which leads me to ask you. Yeah. I know in the Muslim community, uh-huh. some of which are Arab, some are not, because you know yeah. Pakistanis and Indians are not Muslim. Um, yeah. But in the in in, in, in not, excuse me, not Arab. In the uh, especially in the Arab community, even though there are Arabs that are uh, Christian, and there are even Arabs yeah. that are Jewish, um, and uh, you know Armenian Orthodox. The list goes on. Um, yeah. Do you want the government to know you're Arab? I mean, it's clear by your name, but I'm saying on a piece of paper with the census, because of the Patriot Act, and especially because going forward, you have a guy like Donald Trump out there and the things he's proposing, uh, which are very eerie and very reminiscent of pre-World War II and pre-Holocaust Germany. In other words, do do you want the specificity when that can be used against you in your group as, quote, Arab? Well, so there are many people in our community who are kind of reticent for a box because they're afraid that means it'll make it, they're just, they just distrust the government. And they're afraid to make it a lot easier for the government to surveil us. You know, I would say that uh, they're already surveilling us. They already know where we're concentrated. The data might help them a little bit. 
but I'm not sure that the government is, you know, I give them a little bit more credit than that. I think they know where the pockets of Arab Americans are, where the pockets of Muslim Americans are. I don't think they're going to be really that surprised by any data they get from the census. And what I would also say for people who worry about that is that the benefits that we are going to get from that as a community greatly outweigh these national security concerns, which I think those kinds of things are already happening already. And what it really creates, right, is is a classification for you. Take, for instance, if you're discriminated against in your job, if you feel like you are discriminated against because you're an Arab. Well, you go to the EEOC, and there's a bureaucrat sitting behind the desk who takes your complaint. And when you go, when they ask you to tick off a box, well, your box doesn't exist in their system. So even the simple processes that work for everybody else don't work for us. And that has been a major problem for us. Sure, you could push a little harder, but most of the time the process stops for you. And when the process doesn't work for you, you're just excluded kind of from these processes altogether. And so I think the benefits that we're going to get are going to greatly, greatly outweigh any of these national security concerns. Oh, we're going to take a break. Just yes or no. Do you feel because you don't have a box... There's not an accurate count of how many Arab Americans, Muslim, Muslim Americans as well, there are in the U.S. Yeah. Okay. We'll be back with our guest. Thank you for uh, joining us thus far. We're going to take a quick break. Don't go away. Our guest won't be going away. He'll be here on the other side of the break. Amr Zar, Arab American speaker, writer, professor, comedian, and specialist in issues impacting Arab and Muslim Americans. Back after this. Amr Zar is our guest, Arab-American speaker, writer, professor, comedian, and specialist in issues impacting Arab and Muslim Americans. Uh, he has a documentary, his first documentary film, entitled We're Not White. He's also the author of the well-read blog, The Civil Arab, and his first book is Being Palestinian Makes Me Smile. Speaking about his piece, he wrote, We're Not White. We're talking about the census form and boxes where you really don't have an option if you are an Arab-American. Amr, thank you for holding welcome back. Now, I, I asked before the break a yes or no, and you said yes. Yeah, so because I think there are more Muslims in the country than we have a head count for. Yeah, well, you know, the government is never going to count people based on um, religion. So we're not going to ever know for sure how many Muslims there are in the country. And, you know, that shouldn't scare white people or anything, but we're not going to ever know for sure. But uh, uh, we could find out how many Arabs or at least how many people identify as Arabs if they add it on, on the census form. And, and let's also be clear, as you kind of mentioned before, not only are um, the terms Arab and Muslim not interchangeable, whereas most Muslims in America, in fact, are not Arab. Probably only about 20% of Muslims in America are Arabs. Um, the largest single group of Muslims in America is actually African-American Muslims. And, of course, all Arab are Muslim. In fact, the majority of Arabs in America are Christian. And when people are surprised by that, I ask them if they ever went to Sunday school. I mean, you know, Jesus was Palestinian, you know, he was... He wasn't from. A lot of people think Jesus had blonde hair and blue eyes, and he's from South Carolina. And you know, like that's not true. No, no, no. And if they read their Bible, if they read their Bible, they they talk about his hair being like uh, black lamb's wool. Yeah, he'd be on a no-fly list probably. You know, if he was in America today. Absolutely, (laughs) a bearded brown guy. Yeah. (laughs) So, in any case. Um, uh, we don't know how many Arabs. Now, the Census Bureau has kind of guessed a couple times that maybe there's 1.5, 1.6 million. Arab-American organizations have done their own studies and samples, and they think that there's like 3.5 or 4 million. But everybody's guessing. I, I think the number is much higher, actually, because Arab-Americans have been here for a very long time. There's some Arab-American communities that have generations and generations of Arab-Americans in them. And then we had big immigration waves in the 50s, 60s, and 70s, and even until today. 
So I actually think the number is up closer to 8 or 9 or maybe even 10 million. But we won't know until the government does an accurate count. And there's some ideas of why they don't, right? Because as long as Arab Americans, you know, the Census Bureau has said that by the year 2042, whites will become a minority in this country. They'll be under 50%. And if you take away from them 7 to 10 million Arab Americans who are now currently considered white, well, that, comes, that, that turns from 2042 to much earlier. And, um, and, you know, I don't know why that would freak out white people. I mean, they've always been telling the rest of us how great it is to be a minority. So I don't know, you know, may, maybe they know something we don't know. Maybe it's not so great to be a minority <laughs> in this country. Uh, but in any case, um, there, that might be a reason why the government is reticent to do it. But they are kind of fiddling now with a box that might end up on 2020 called Middle East and North African. But, um, you know, it hasn't been officially announced yet. So we really don't know what direction they're going all right. Thank you. Thank you for being with us. We'll definitely have you back. You're funny, you're intelligent, and uh, you know your stuff. Like you. Uh, Amrzar, thank you for joining us. Uh, by the way, you can follow him on Twitter at Amrzar, A-M-E-R-Z-A-H-R. The website is civilarab.com.